Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Michael Beaumont. And Katie Wu. And today, we are going to be starting our first podcast episode about Till Ishpiegel, the trickster figure, and I guess his significance and country of origin. So let's hop right in. So first, we're going to talk about uh, Tilly Schwiegel's country of origin, which does happen to be Germany, if you didn't know, which is officially called the Federal Republic of Germany. Uh, it's, it's a country located in the north-central part of Europe. Did you know that? No idea. Okay, good for you. Uh, Germany consists of mostly flatland and prairies, along with Alps. Alps are sections of separated mountains. Bet you didn't know that one either, huh? Uh, It also has various ranges of hills and valleys. Northern Germany is connected to the North Sea along with the Baltic Sea that is separated between landmark and a section of Germany itself. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Maybe I should move to Germany to get separated from you because there seems to be so much separation going on there. Okay, thank you. That was so necessary. <laughs> Did you know that Berlin is the capital of Germany? Pretty interesting. Wow. And there's lots of other major cities in there, I bet you. Wow. Um, Not a very informational guy. It is. Um, did you know? And so, yeah, our uh, our character, our trickster figure, Tilla Schwiegel, was born in the northern part of Germany in a tell- town called, oh, that is hard to pronounce, Klinklang. Klinklang. Kling, um, uh, hold up. What does that say? Kneiklingen. Okay, and That's what it is. Which is just outside of the city of Brunswick. At this point in time, Kleinklingen only has about 850 neighbors. Very interesting stuff, don't wow, you think? Wow, that's like times two of what we have in Calgary, right? No. We have like two million people in Calgary. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. Or more, or no, probably less. But it's way more than 850. (laughs) Wow, interesting. So, let's talk about the culture. So, Germany is one of the largest countries throughout Europe. Besides Russia. Really? Wow. Well, Well, you know Russia is sort of... Eurasian because like Asia. Do you think Russians are Asians because like Asia is mainly Russia? You know. Okay, whatever. Okay, Continue. moving on. <laughs> um, it has a population of about eighty-three million people and a landmass substantially smaller than Alberta. Unbelievable. Wow. That, that is tiny. How many did you say? Eighty-three million people. Yeah. Holy crap! That is. So, I I didn't mean to swear like that. <laughs> Um, that is so many people. I'm so sorry. We are Catholic. Continue. That's about three times more people in Germany than Canada in a super small area. Super small. Unbelievable. 
So, of this population, approximately 60 to 70% of the Christian religion, a majority of the Christians are Catholic, while it's mostly evenly split between the Lutheran Protestantism and Calvinism united in the Evangelical Church in Germany. Those are some big words. Big words. I'm surprised you could read them. Okay, moving along. Um, alongside the smaller Christian congregations, um, other religions in Germany include Islam, Judaism, and Buddhism, which represents 4% and both less than 1% of the population, respectively. Respectively. Mm-hmm. Adding some math in there, I see. Yes, of course. Yeah, because math applies to everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of Germany's culture is influenced by its surrounding countries. About 92% of the overall population is Germany, while Turkish is the second largest ethnic group while being at 2% of the population. And the other 6% consists mainly of Greek, Russian, Italian, Polish, Serbo-Croatian, and Spanish descents. That is a lot of different cultures. I mean, I guess they're, they're really bunched <laughs> up there in Europe. Over here in Canada, we're just yeah, 80, America. Yeah, million people. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of people, and a lot of different people, I guess, as well. Okay. Sick. Um, unsurprisingly, German is the official language of Germany. Really? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Do you sense. speak German? No. Glutentod? Do you speak German? Um, I learned how to say, can I have chicken nuggets one time, but then <laughs> I forgot. And, yeah, now I don't know. Okay, Mr. Nugget Boy. Yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> so that makes up 95%. 95% of people speak German. Yes. Nice. <laughs> what else? What's the other five? Other than German, um, we have the minority languages, including Serbian, both East and West Frisian, which are indigenous languages spoken around the Rhine estuary, Danish, Romani, another indigenous language, Turkish, and Kurdish. Wow. That's a lot of languages as well. You should learn how to speak them. I should. Oh, and then you can travel to Germany mm-hmm. and like yeah. have a fun you know time. A, oh, yeah, you do know a second language. Yeah. I wish I knew more languages. Man. It's not too late to learn. I know. It sucks. Um, Germany is a well-structured, well-organized, and hard-working country. The people of Germany support the values of resourceful and thrifty, while hard-working and making sure everything is well done and smoothly. Wow. They're hard-working people. I guess they get, they get it done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> Till Inchmigel, on the other hand, is a nihilist that doesn't fold to society rules and rejects all religious and moral principles, which wow. sounds kind of like Michael. Well, that's mean. I never I, said I was a nice person. That, that really made me feel attacked. Oh, boo-hoo, Michael. Okay. Um, he is seen as a hero to peasants, but also as an outcast and a rebel. See, as, I'd be well, a hero then. I'd be a hero. You see that? Okay, continue. Sorry. Okay, maybe to other girls. Eyes. Oh. Okay. Okay. Wow. Michael, you can get girls while being a hero. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Helping you out. 
Um, so he is also seen as a hero to peasants, yeah. but also as an outcast and a rebel. Um, as well as cynic. So he represents the low German humor and shows a German common sense. One article that we found describes him as a romantic loser. Oh, oh Michael, dang. that describes you so well. As well as symbol of Satan. I'm not a loser. <laughs> okay. So now on to um, the historical significance about trickster figures in Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So throughout Germany, German history, German history, right? Trickster figures have been wrapped into many to almost all of German folklore. Some of these characters include Krampus. You know who Krampus is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scary dude. Yeah, the... Scary version of Santa Claus. Yeah, the half-goat, half-demon figure who punishes children for being bad during the Christmas season. Yeah. That's such, like, a rough time. Like, imagine if you were a kid and you, like, you, like, wait for Santa Claus to come down the chimney and, you know, instead of Santa Claus, you know what you get? A half demon, half go coming down the chimney to kill you. Well, the simple solution to that is just don't be a bad child and you'll be fine. I can only guess, though. Yeah. Um, another trickster figure that we can see in German history is uh, the Lutzenfrog, who is a witch that gives gifts to children on St. Lucy's Day. She's, I don't think she's a bad witch. She just says that she gives out nuts and dried fruit. So she's a nice. giving one. Yeah, she's nice. Okay. Um, but a uh, really familiar st- story that has trickster figures in it is Hansel and Gretel. Trickster figure is a cannibalistic witch that tricks the children into coming into her house made of candy. So I don't think that's a nice witch now. No. Yeah, German uh, folklore seems a little bit messed up. Especially for children. Yeah, these are all children's stories. Oh, my. Yeah, that's, um... That's horrible. Imagine being eaten by a witch in a candy house. At least it's being fed first. Like, the children, they're, like, being fed, and then... Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit better. That's okay. Uh, Most of these stories have a religious significance, relating mostly to Christian traditions and celebrations, such as Krampus, who corresponds to St. Nicholas and the Christmas holiday. Lutzen Frog is related to St. Lucy's Day. Um, but the story of Till Spiegel, our trickster figure, doesn't have much religious relations, but does have a lot of German culture wrapped into its story. Uh, in a way, the story has significance to German historical society as well. Uh, this was shown through Till's mindset of being very rebellious and his questionable actions that take place in each of the stories. These stories use their characters to portray a central message that a person could learn from. These stories were mostly uh, meant for children and how they present a story that was interesting to read but can teach a valuable lesson. It's all so, about the lesson. not to enter a stranger's house? Yeah. For Hansel and Gretel? Yeah. And Especially if it's made of candy. If you see a candy house, you don't walk into it. Valuable lesson. Sounds like Va- very something valuable. to live by. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, one of the appeals of this, these stories is the fact that an individual is able to 
relieve their frustration and get back at society through this character and his actions. That's mostly for Till's story, right? Because he's very rebellious. It's all that good stuff. Uh, still, Till's story didn't relate to religion or... Okay, so now we're going to talk about present-day significance. So Till and Spiegel stories presented messages within each of them to question the reader about the way that they live and function in their lives, country, and societies. Yes. Many people nowadays could relate to being an outcast just like Till and enjoy how he spent his time doing some good but mostly bad actions throughout his life. Yes, 